Welcome to the Hard Faith Podcast. I'm your host, Spencer Fomar, and founder of Hard Faith. I've been working in the film and television world for over 15 years. On Hard Faith, we're about asking difficult questions about life and faith in an R-rated world. We release monthly. You can subscribe and share today. You can also write in at info at hardfaith.com to ask questions or to learn about opportunities to sponsor or to be on the show. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Hard Faith Podcast. I'm your host, Spencer Fulmar. Today we have with us Bill McCann, who was our most recent first prize winner for the Hard Faith Film Festival and with his film, The Liberator. Bill, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Thank you for having me. And Bill, where are you calling from? I am in central Massachusetts. Okay. Just a little bit outside of Worcester. Wonderful. Now, Bill, uh, obviously we got connected through the film festival. Originally, the film festival has gone through a couple different name changes. It was Veritas, then Odyssey, and the next iteration will just be purely hard faith because that is the category that we're getting the most submissions for and having most of our dialogue around. And Bill, I'd like to cut now to a little promo about our upcoming film festival. Submissions are now open and the live event will take place in Burbank, California this July 22nd, 2023. We hope to see everyone there. I'd like to invite you to attend, submit, and share the first ever Hard Faith Film Festival. Hard Faith was started over 12 years ago. Our mission is to tell stories that liberate. Now we want to see the stories that you're already telling. We are a faith-based company. I've made films known as Generational Sin, Shooting Heroin, and some upcoming films including Bright Sky and a new original production called Rest. This film festival will take place July 22nd, 2023 at Media City Church in Burbank, California. It'll be an all-day event starting in the morning, breakfast, showing short films, showing student films, reading some scenes from screenplays. We'll have lunch. The afternoon, we'll show our documentary and feature film. And that night, we'll have an award show. There'll be food, there'll be drink, and there'll be a lot of great discussions and hopefully great art. Please go to hardfaith.com to learn all about our mission. Submit your film on Film Freeway. And we look forward to seeing you in Hollywood, July 22nd for the Hard Faith Film Festival. Thank you, Bill, for allowing me to do that shameless plug. I was super impressed with your submission, super high quality, historic story, independent film shot in your hometown, local area, and you were starring in it. That is all correct. Yes. Can you tell me a little bit about the movie for our audiences? Certainly. And thank you so much, um, Spencer. It was really wonderful to be recognized by your festival, uh, when I saw Hard Faith and Stories That Liberate, I thought, well, maybe maybe that's one that uh, we we, sh- we should enter. And I'm certainly glad that we did. It uh, um, on behalf of all of our cast and crew, we're we're, we're so elated uh, by that recognition. The Liberator tells the story of Daniel O'Connell, who was born in 1775 in Ireland, and uh, to try to summarize it as briefly as possible. When you think about the history between England and Ireland, you think of a lot of conflict over centuries and centuries, uh, somewhat religious, uh, somewhat economic in in nature. And you hear about different um, rebellions and different characters throughout that time. 
Um, you don't hear much about this character of Daniel O'Connell, and I hadn't either until I did a student exchange way back in 1985. I went to Ireland, I went to Cork, and if you go to Ireland, it's actually difficult to escape the presence of Daniel O'Connell. Uh, he's on an enormous monument in Dublin. There are O'Connell streets. There's a church named after Daniel O'Connell. But there isn't a lot of uh, popular recognition for what he was and what he stood for. And that uh, made me curious. So I finally started to read up a bit about Daniel O'Connell, and I was astonished by his story and how much it went away from the traditional narrative that you hear of Irish patriots, the Wolf Tones or the Michael Collinses, uh, who, who, who rose up um, uh, to, to really instigate rebellions uh, against uh, the oppression that they experienced. Whereas Daniel O'Connell, who certainly experienced that oppression um, as an Irish Catholic living in the late 1700s and early 1800s, went about uh, a completely different route. And it's a story that's not widely known, um, but I thought should be. Um, I think it's a, dra a dramatic story and one that I've been working on trying to get told for, for many, many years, really essentially since that time when I thought it would make a, a interesting film, an important film, and that, that his story should be told. So um, it, it basically it, it, it lays out his story um, and how he became an attorney. And one of the lines in the film is, took all Ireland as his client. So he began to work through uh, you know, peaceful means to uh, uh, re relieve his, his countrymen of, of, the, of, of the persecution um, that was being perpetrated on them. And he became the first Catholic to return to parliament uh, as an elected member of parliament in 300 years. And again, he did it strictly peacefully. And as you know, the story goes on to after that period, after that success, to uh, trying to establish a parliament in, in Dublin uh, so in, essentially a form of independence uh, from Great Britain. And he continued to use strictly peaceful uh, means to, to, to try to achieve that end. Um, and so it's basically, it's, you know, it's um, a biopic about his, his life and um, his, um, his commitment. And what I think is particularly important is the, the role uh, that his faith played. Uh, in him, both personally uh, and as the type of leader that that he uh, ultimately would would be, um, that always played a, you know a critical role. And, and I think it's um, I would put him in the same category as a um, a Dr. Martin Luther King or a Gandhi in that they considered themselves first and foremost men of God, and their their work would uh, uh, would um, be inspired by that and informed um, by that. And uh, hopefully that, that comes out to a certain degree in, in the film. I definitely think it does. Thank you for that overview. And I think your film is relevant. So today. that tension obviously is still talked about and exists today and artistic um, iterations of it, like your film and Banshees. And then also, you know, talking about the relationship between Protestants and Catholics and, um, you know, this 
this one in particular character's faith and his faith journey. Um, what did you, what made this story really stand out to you? Is there something in your own journey or faith walk that you feel like you really connected with the main character and you want to share his story? Yes. So, um, so, so one, you know, growing up in the, in the seventies and in the eighties, um, you know, grew up as a, as a practicing Catholic, but it wasn't, it was more of a, of a private issue. Um, it wasn't something that was necessarily brought out to the, to, to the public square. And as I learned more about this, um, um, Daniel O'Connell, who, who, by the way, um, was, you know, not only a, 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 a staunch proponent for the Irish people, but was, you know, a, very much a celebrated abolitionist, um, uh, Frederick Douglass, uh, was an ardent admirer and went to visit uh, and was very much influenced by, by Daniel O'Connell. But um, o- O'Connell was not afraid to, um, to let people know that he was a Christian, that that was important to him, that he had respect for, for all other faiths, but that he considered himself a Catholic and he uh, was going to, um, uh, he didn't shy away from that, that it wasn't something that he needed to um, uh, necessarily keep out of his public life, um, but that it would in fact be a, a source of strength and, and inspiration and guidance in terms of um, how he would use what ultimately would become a tremendous amount of power and influence. Um, he really, and hopefully the film does it a little, uh, depicts this to a certain degree, but he had a, a measurable influence over the, the people. Um, uh, they really hung on his every word and would respond to however, whatever direction that he decided to lead them in. Um, and so seeing someone with those gifts, those talents, that uh, power, um, and to be but still very much um, informed and, and humbled by um, his, his faith um, made a very big impression on me um, as a young man. And uh, growing into adulthood. I love that. Um, tell me about the production. I come from independent film world. It is, it takes a village to raise a film. (laughs) How did you accomplish this movie? Where did you film? When did you film the scope, the extras? And, and I gotta say as an independent filmmaker, I know that you try and stretch a dollar as far as you can and put it all on the screen and do some movie magic and make it look like something that is showing in the theaters to the best of your ability. Obviously, we have limitations with budget and schedule and people's time. But you really, I mean, it it really holds up. It looks like a great film. I don't know what your budget is, but it it really holds up well. And I know a lot of sweat equity went into this. So tell me a little bit about the story of making this film. Thank you. Thank you. Because I I, I feel like that is an important part of uh, this this, this, this story, and, and, and you will definitely appreciate this um, as, as a filmmaker. We have an amazing community in central Massachusetts here that really rallied around this project and gave me the, the encouragement and even the, just the idea that we could pull it off. So it was quite, um, as you also know, it takes a long time to bring uh, films together And in fact, um, we moved to central Massachusetts about 10 years ago, got involved with this community around our parish and around a small Catholic uh, school here in central Massachusetts that's very much into the arts, into theater and into music. 
And at one point I had talked about this project. Originally I was hoping that it would be taken on by Hollywood and a $50 million budget and all that kind of thing. Um, when that didn't materialize, my, my, my friends here said, you know what, if you adapted this as a stage play, we could probably, we could do some productions. So I did, and I, so I, I pared it down and I adapted it as a stage play. And back in 2017, we put on two productions of, of this story, which went reasonably well. So from there, we had kind of a core of, uh, of actors. Many of those same actors who appear in the film originally appeared in that stage version. Hmm. And we were able to start with that. Uh, in the stage version, we doubled up and even tripled up, so I didn't want that to happen. But kind of by word of mouth and by um, the support of our, our parish priest, who you may recognize, he's, he, he appears himself at the very beginning of the film. Mm -hmm. He was very encouraging of the parish to participate in the project. Mm -hmm. And so we just have a wonderful community here that really rallied around the project and, uh, and, and allowed us to ha have the, the, the manpower. Um, in terms of budget, Yes, um, we had a limited budget that I invested primarily in uh, costumes as a period piece. Mm -hmm. We want to try to have that look as authentic as possible in um, our, our camera and equipment um, and in feeding people. Yeah. Uh, we had six weeks of shooting and they were all volunteer. So we did give them breakfast and lunch. Um, but those were the, the main, event, uh, main, main investments that, that we made. And, and then I would just tell you, Spencer, right, God was watching over us. Mm. I could give you many, many examples of how that happened. Uh, one quick one would be at the very end, you may remember there's a scene on a dock by the ocean. And it was a Father John Brannigan from Bristol, mm. Rhode Island, who had made the dock available to us to use that day. A few days before, he called me and he said, Bill, you're not going to believe it but there's a tall ship anchored right out front. <laughs> and it's going to be here for the next few days and when you're going to be down shooting. And the name of the ship was the Peacemaker. Mm. So we had that gifted to us um, providentially. Mm. Um, but there were many examples of that where whether it was the weather cooperating um, or other pieces of the of the puzzle that fell into place for us, um, it, it just... God blessed us very much in terms of um, bringing us together and, and, and making this film as, as, as good as we possibly could. I love that. Those providential moments that really add to the, the film and you get that in camera, capture that magic in person, in camera, really adds a lot to the overall production. I love those kind of stories. Happy accidents slash yes. providence. Exactly. Now tell me about the post-production release festival run. What was what was that process like? So we had a wonderful premiere. I want I really wanted to have that first for all of these folks who had had contributed and their friends, friends and family. So we we had about six hundred fo uh, folks mm. show up. Wow! Out, you know the big Regal Cinema. Cinema. It was a wonderful event. Uh, we actually had two of the theaters. We needed two of those theaters. And so we had a premiere back in August of, of 2022. And then we've just been doing some select showings. Um, it's it's available um, on DVD or, or Blu-ray. And yeah, it's uh, entered in um, several um, film festivals, including yours. Was was very honored and de delighted to, 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 to win that Hard Faith Award. Um, there was another one called um, The Bridge of Peace, 
based in Paris. Very happy to to be um, acknowledged by that. And then there's actually uh, a one in, in Waco, Texas next year called the uh, International Faith, Family and Faith uh, Film Festival um, that will be taking place um, in Waco, Texas next uh, February. Uh, so yeah, getting some nice acknowledgement, uh, which, which which is wonderful, and then doing some select screenings. In fact, this Friday, uh, we'll be in Michigan, where our cinematographer is from, mm-hmm. and uh, we're, we're showing it at a small theater in uh, Michigan called uh, the Kent Theater in Cedar Springs. Wonderful. Congratulations. That's exciting. Yeah. And what a huge premiere, that 600-person premiere. Uh, I bet that was really great for all the volunteers in the community. It, it was a, a wonderful event. It truly was. Again, it was only possible because of this community that we mm. have um, and and all of their effort. So it was only right to make sure that our first screening of the film uh, was, was, was for them. And a lot of us dressed up in our fancy clothes. We did have the red carpet um, mm-hmm. and we had a wonderful time. I love that. Um, are you looking after, you know, some of these film festivals and screenings? Um, it is available now to audiences by DVD. Are you going to make it available to any of the streamers in the future or international sales? What are your future plans with this movie? Right. Still figuring that part out. But, sure. but yes, eventually that um, as much. And as a fellow filmmaker, I know you, you're probably, you know, the idea of the small screen yeah, when it you hurts. put that much time and effort into it, particularly, and, and thank you for mentioning the cinematography because that was, I have to mention Jacob Smidicki, who's a very, very talented. He was also did a great the job. Wow. Uh, yeah, so he, he really put his heart and soul and did a wonderful job. It was actually such a blessing. He, he lived at his house, at our house for six weeks during the filming with his wife and three children. Now he has four. Mm-hmm. And uh, just getting to know them um, and, and work with him was, was part of the, uh, the wonderful experience that this film was. His wife actually plays the character of the, of the younger Kathleen. Hmm. Um, so I don't remember that character. Oh yeah. But um, yeah. So <laughs> uh, he, he did a wonderful job. He really did. That's awesome. What, what would you say is, was the most challenging part of this whole process? I mean, th- this is your first feature film, right? It is, yes. So, I mean, you hit the ground running, a period piece, big ensemble, full-length feature film. I mean, it's a huge undertaking. What, what yeah, are some so of the challenges? You're saying, Spencer, very nicely that I'm extremely naive. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're extremely brave, I would say. <laughs> um, which, in, in hindsight, you're absolutely right. Um, there are some. There are some times I, I look back, knowing what I know now, and thinking, would have, it, wondering if I would have actually tackled it, mm-hmm. knowing um, how how involved it was. Um, but but in, but you know, in in terms of, um, the, the, it was a wonderful experience. I I I absolutely enjoyed it. I I came to the point. And, and I, you probably feel this, or you may feel this way, right? But when you have a story that you feel is so important that needs to be told, um, and you tried some of the traditional, I, I tried for years, right, with my Hollywood version screenplay to get mm-hmm. some attention to that um, and was not successful. But when you have that, you, you have that uh, yearning to tell this story, think it's important, think it's valuable, think it's relevant, um, 
that you you come I came to the conclusion that if if I didn't take it on and and try to do the best I could with it it just it wouldn't be told so I could either do you, you know my own version of it that would be less than the full you know 50 million dollar Hollywood budget or the alternative is is to not have it at all mm-hmm. so I came to the conclusion that having um, a, a smaller scale version made with um, my, my friends and family and community would mm. would be the best route to go on, and um, and and from there, as as I'm sure you well know, I mean, as as I learned, there are so many tools now available in terms of the production process, um, breaking down the script and um, and and doing all of the uh, scheduling. Uh, all, all of that that you do, and then even even the editing process, being able to have uh, Jacob back in in Michigan and us to work together, you, you know, you know, re- remotely. So there are many many tools that that exist today um, that allowed us as as uh, really really as as um, first time filmmakers to 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 try to make it as as good as we possibly could. We certainly accomplished that. Congrat! I mean, it's it's very impressive. First films don't usually look like this. And uh, I can only imagine the difficulties you may have had pulling this off and a six week shoot is a pretty long shoot. And, um, but it, it really came together. And I also think it's very admirable that you made the film that you could make today. I'd say that I run into a lot of filmmakers that are awaiting to make that perfect feature film, right? The, the five, 10, 20, $30 million feature film. And and especially whenever it's a project that's so personal to you, like this project sounds like it's been, you know, with you since the mid eighties. Um, but I think it's just so important to make the film that you can today, especially for independent filmmakers. I mean, the conditions will never be right. The budget will never be enough. You'll never have enough time or resources, but if you can make a movie, um, and, and contain the story and you, you certainly did the historic figure, um, justice and it's it's a compelling story I wasn't familiar with and I think it's going to bring a lot of awareness to this historic story. Um, what do you hope audiences take away after watching this film? So, so right, an appreciation for for this character, but to to your point, you know the the, the relevance mm. um, that I I feel it has today. Uh, we, we don't have to tell you or anyone. We live in very challenging political times right now, very fraught, mm. tense times, um, and where it, it feels like um, the we're on the edge often of of violence on mm. on both sides of the spectrum, and that I I don't you know it, it, felt that there are times where you feel where we as as people are are beyond that right we've we've come yet we we realize we don't settle our differences with violence Mm. but in fact we have to be continually reminded of that um and that it it, it, is just not an, an acceptable um way of responding to look look we all suffer some sort of persecution. We're all oppressed in certain ways. We're all uh, limited in certain ways, but it's how we respond to that. Um, and of course, faith plays a huge role in that, but it's it's for all of us how we actually respond to when we are persecuted or frustrated or are, are suffering. 
mm. um, that really determines the, the type of, of, of people that we are. And uh, to me, this was just an important um, an example historically of, of a person who had enormous talent, who had enormous leadership qualities, who was very eloquent, who had enormous power. And, and he was challenged and, and he and his people were, were persecuted. And here is an example of how you, he responded mm. to, to, to that. Um, and, that. And again, one that you don't typically hear a lot about as an example when you're hearing about the, the kind of conflict in history between Ireland and England. You talked about the interplay for the histo historic figure about you know, suffering, overcoming suffering, not responding in violence, and how his faith played into that journey and how he responded. Do you have a story yourself about how, you know, a difficult situation in your life, maybe connected to the film, maybe not, but how it informed your faith, how through suffering, through persecution, um, your faith informed your journey and what you've learned from that experience? Yeah, I mean, I, I would just say um, both of my parents um, developed um, dementia mm -hmm. fairly early in, in life. Mm -hmm. um, and had a lot of suffering um, mm. as a result of that. And um, the way that they responded to that, um, and also what I, I witnessed in terms of how other people responded to that um, was, 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 was made a very big impression on me. Um, you know, you, you think about people with, um, with, with, with the, that kind of disease and 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 what happens to them and you and you might think at least i did initially that their their kind of quality of life and their and their and their and their value starts to diminish and yet having experienced that with both of them and to see that they could still play um just by um their personalities and and by smiling at their their caregivers and their caregivers delight in them their their lives still very much had value and meaning and purpose despite mm. the the limitations and the suffering um that that they were undergoing um and frankly they were big supporters uh because again i started this all back in, in the college my college days they were always very um encouraging and, and supportive unfortunately didn't get to the point where they saw this um this final um project um but um they had they had actually seen and and, and read uh, early screenplays and, and so forth so um yeah it was it was their 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 example and their influence um throughout their lives um played played you know, a big role in, in being able to ultimately bring this this film about. Mm. Thank you for sharing that. Um, like you said, today, there's a lot of violence, a lot of uncertainty in the world. We just got out of a global pandemic, um, international war. What, what message does faith have to the watching world today? How is it relevant? How is the liberator relevant today in his message of faith? Um, I know you talked a little, a, a little bit about it, how he's a bigger, almost like a, a Martin Luther or a Gandhi. But, you know, for listeners of our podcast and of Hard Faith, what would be your message of faith or encouragement today um, in today's time? 
Well, first of all, I would say, you know, the idea of, of hard faith, I, I think is so appropriate. It's such a great term um, because at one level, right, faith is, is always, always going to be hard. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's, that's part of the, the, of the point. And because if things are always going well, if you're not challenged, if there aren't difficulties, if you're not suffering, it can be more or less easy to persevere in faith. It's when you are persecuted, when you do feel oppressed, when you are suffering, that that is the time when your, your faith really is tested and it, your, um, the way you respond needs to be be guided by your your, your really your, your true core values um but in terms of you know this this film it, it it and again i keep kind of going back to the history between ireland and england of so much conflict for so mm-hmm. many years and the fact that you hadn't heard, no one's really heard the story of, of o'connell who did try to take a different path and to a certain degree was successful and, and 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 particularly when I was there, there was still a lot of conflict, right, and the troubles in Northern Ireland and mm-hmm. so forth. And thank God, a lot of that has been alleviated. But it's still always um, a little bit under the surface. I, I I would think, and this might be too um, aspirational for a film of, of this type, but that we something you know we 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 have our 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 our, our lines in terms of where we are, whether it's. China and Taiwan, whether it's USS, whether it's Soviet Union or uh, Russia and Ukraine, we have where we are. We have to work these things out peacefully, mm. right? We we have to say the the way of solving problems through violence is is a non-starter, mm-hmm. and that we have to be able to work these issues out politically exclusively. Mm. Um, it's just a, and, and hopefully the film makes this this point. It's 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 morally wrong, mm-hmm. but B, it's not effective. Right. It usually leads to more problems than it solves. Mm. Um, uh, in 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 the short term. So yeah, I it I, you know, hopefully we learn from history. Yeah. Um, and 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 um, figures in history, um, someone like a like a Daniel O'Connell. Bill, when is the Dublin premiere? <laughs> um, I think Irish audiences would be interested yeah, in seeing their um, hero brought to the big screen. Yes, I, I, I would definitely think so um, and hope so. Yeah. Um, and I, I would I would love to bring it there at some point. And what is next for you? Um, I'm actually working on several plays. Great. Um, yeah, I, I really am primarily uh, gravitate toward the writing side. Okay. Um, I, I loved the, all of the process of, of the filmmaking, um, but um, I, I really, and, and believe as, as you well know, right? It all starts with the writing and good writing. Uh, I really, I saw that firsthand in this process. You, you can't have anything close to a compelling film if it's not on the page first. Mm. And everything starts with that. Um, so I'm really putting some some time and effort into into writing um, because that's what I, I feel I I'm very much drawn to to and know that that's where things start from. I love that. Tell me what roles did you have on the Liberator? Just so audiences know just how much how much work you put into this movie. Um, so if you look at the credits, it will say 
you know, I was Daniel O'Connell and I wrote it and I produced it, produced it and I directed it. Um, I took out the trash. Mm-hmm. I swept the floors. Uh, many other um, of those types of jobs that are not uh, listed in, in, in the credits. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it was essentially, as, as you know, I'm sure as well, right? It's anything that needs to get done. That's right. Um, but, but that said, uh, I had many, so many folks who came um, and, 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 and contributed in, in so many amazing ways, ways that are seen and, and, and not seen, but that, that you, you would well know as a filmmaker yeah. that, are, that are so important. I'll never forget getting a call from a young lady. She's at Notre Dame. She's uh, studying film there. And she's heard from a friend of a friend that I was making this film wanted to be involved and and i said sure happy to have you and she's and she said maybe i could help with continuity Mm. so i start googling continuity right and (laughs) said (laughs) oh yes that's that's important yeah Yeah. (laughs) i love that yeah and it's so rewarding to make a feature film in a small town all my films i've made back where i grew up in small towns and i couldn't have made it without the community supporting me. A lot of people opening up or closing their businesses so that we could film there, closing down highways, using a lot of extras that were not paid. And it's it really is a huge feat making a, a movie. I was so struck by how helpful and encouraging people were when you would, I, I yeah. called up, you know, can I use this cemetery? Can I use this field? Uh, this building, and nine times out of ten, it was yeah, sure. That sounds like an interesting project. Um, l- like, be happy to help you. Isn't that so nice? It's it's amazing. Yeah. And it kind of unifies the town because they're all trying to make this film together, and then you get to see all that hard work on the screen. And it's like a keepsake that you can keep with you and remember what you all created. Yeah, exactly. I love it. Yeah, it was a wonderful experience. Really, really was. Bill, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Any parting words of wisdom or a reflection that you want to impart to our audiences? Um, if any folks have, uh, you know, see this and uh, see the film and have an idea, I, I, I really do think, yes, you do want to plan. You do want to learn, you know, read books and, and there's online, you know, master classes. But at some point you do have to jump in. Mm. And you're right. You have to you take take a deep breath, and and you jump in, and you and you do the best you can, and um, you you have faith, and it it um, all will be well. I love that. What grating parting words! All you indie <laughs> filmmakers out there, jump in. Absolutely. Tell the story. Write the story. If people want to keep up with you, Bill, how can they do that? Is there any uh, social or websites that we can follow? Yes, thank you. The, the, the probably the best website would be thelibertormovie.com. Okay. Uh, that's where we do that. You can get the the DVD there. We publish the screenings that were have been scheduled there, and there's more information about uh, about the film itself there. In your future plays and writings, will they be updated on the Liberator movie, or is there another place? I would use that, yes, to okay to get that out as well. Wonderful! Thank you so much, Bill, for coming Thank on the you. call. Thank you for submitting to the Hard Faith Film Festival. We're having our next iteration of it this July, so if you have a uh, a play or a you know a, a submission, a short film, anything like that, even a screenplay. We're accepting screenplay submissions. So we'd love to see your future work and productions. 
I, I will certainly spread that word because it's 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 a wonderful festival that you sponsor. It really thank is. You. Thank I you. I appreciate it's, it. It's very encouraging and supportive. Which um, that's so. Thank you for doing that. Yeah. Well, thank you for submitting. Um, great having you on the show. And this has been a a podcast, Hard Faith podcast, here with Bill talking about the Liberator. Really enjoyed our conversation. Thank you for your time. Thanks so much for listening to the Hard Faith podcast. Tune in next month to hear our next guest. Please subscribe and share.